Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, as always, a huge news day. I will update you on the corona. I will update you on the response to the corona. I will do what's now becoming our daily fake news segment, exposing the fake news on the corona. I also have actual other stories going on for those of you who are tired of the corona. Yes, there's big developments in the Mike Flynn case, huge development in the fake Mueller Pro, mm-hmm. a lot of other things going on. Uh, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Stop putting your online data at risk today. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Get protected online at expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. As I said, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, you know, just like everybody else, I'm going to buck up and kick some serious COVID ass and get this done with. Yes. Let's do it. You know, we are. We can get do it. it. Yeah. Everybody loved the C.S. Lewis quote at the end of yesterday's yeah, show. So good. did I. That's why I read it. Let's not pretend that this is unique to our time. Right. It's it's serious. It's a serious situation. But as that C.S. Lewis quote about the atomic age, we'll get through it just like the Vikings got through uh, the, the threats from other Scandinavians yep. who would kill them. Just like the in 1918, they got through the Spanish flu. We will get through this. All right, let's get All to right, the baby. show. Always, as always, Tuesday is a busy new, a day for our sponsors. We always appreciate your patience. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Parler. No better time to get on Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R. You know what happened the other day? Twitter released their new manipulated media tag to stop the sharing of a Joe Biden video, basically endorsing Trump. That's all it was. The clip wasn't manipulated. It was extracted from the speech. This is the latest attempt by the leftists in Silicon Valley to manipulate our political dialogue, screw us over, and prevent us from seeing things they don't want us to see. It's a disgrace. They rigged the algorithm, they shadow ban users, and they deplatform people they don't like. And yet, we keep using their rigged app. Why? Folks, listen, it's time to bring our friends, family, and followers to Parler. I'm there. There it is on my phone right there. Right there. You can zoom in on P-A-R-L-E-R. I've been there for a long time before they were a sponsor. Parler is a news and free speech app everybody's going to that won't silence your opinion or violate your privacy. Simply download the app, create your account, post, share, and speak. Here's a novel idea, Joe. Freely. Go to Parler.com or, yes, shocker, or visit the app store today. Today, go do it. Stop giving Twitter your information for free. Make sure to invite your liberal friends too. I'm on Parler and you can follow me. I'm at D Bongino. That's P-A-R-L-E-R.com or find us in the app store, Parler.com, Parler.com. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. And they're off. And they're off. Okay, story number one, because listen, again, I've as I've been saying over the course of the past few days, the coronavirus story is not just a coronavirus story. Why? Because the people it's affecting, 99.9999999% of people do not have the coronavirus. But they are suffering, not from the virus, from viruses of misinformation and from the economic damage and fallout Uh pursuant to what's happened with the coronavirus. There's a big economic story story here, ladies and gentlemen, and the response to it. Now, yesterday I addressed a potential government proposal that could be big and I think is a good idea, but we need to do it now. I shouldn't say it's a good idea. It's the least bad idea. We're out of good options now. There are no good options. The only question now are what are the least bad options? Mm -hmm. I am not a supporter of government intervention in the economy. This particular situation is different because the government right now, by shutting everything down on a government mandated in many states, some quarantines, you have some curfews in some places, not nationwide. I want to put any misinformation here, but in some places you have a forced business shutdowns. Yep. This is obviously having an impact. The government is doing it. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. I'm just saying 
Businesses are losing money, not because of anything the restaurants are doing wrong, but because there's something imposed upon them. Fact. This may require some extraordinary measures, even if they're not good ideas, but they're least, the least bad ideas. Yesterday, I addressed this idea of a Fed lending facility. Ladies and gentlemen, the banks can get money from the Federal Reserve at any time. They can. They can go to the, they can go to the window. They can get their money. They get bailed out all the time. It's time to consider something else. Wall Street Journal has a good piece up today. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get some other stuff and then go back to Corona later because I don't want to saturate you with this stuff. You're getting it 24 hours a day, but it's a critical. Wall Street Journal article today about a proposal I think could work to mitigate some of the economic damage. It's by the editorial board. Quote, financing an economic shutdown. You can't close down an economy without, the way, without a way to keep businesses and individuals liquid. You can't, folks. You can't shut down an economy for a month and pretend nothing's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all going to go into a self-quarantine for a month. And don't worry, we're all going to come out of it scot-free. That is not going to happen. I've got friends in the restaurant business who are being crushed right now, many of them. And as I read in an article the other day, mm -hmm. a lot of restaurant owners have leases secured by their personal assets, ladies and gentlemen. These are our friends, our neighbors. Meaning if the restaurants go under by no fault of their own, these were prospering businesses just two weeks ago. Do you know what happens? Their houses get taken. Their cars get taken. They're collateralized on personal property for, for nothing they did wrong. Right. So if the Federal Reserve is going to lend money to banks and to financial institutions, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to consider opening up what we talked about yesterday, that government-backed facility where you can get money and at least stay liquid it's going to be at a premium, but you can stay in business and keep your employees working. The Fed should open that up too. From the piece, again, this is just doubling down on yesterday's story, but it's worth readdressing today because there are so many bad ideas out there, including Mitt Romney's stupid, let's give everybody $1,000, which is the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. You giving me your $1,000 is about the dumbest economic idea I've ever heard of. From the journal piece about this government-backed lending facility to the Fed, they say, hey, and I agree with them. We don't like temporary government roles in commerce. I don't either. Amen. But state and federal governments are essentially ordering the economy to close. This isn't a meltdown of the mortgage market caused by bank lending. This is a health crisis that government is addressing with command and control emergency powers. That's a fact, folks, however uncomfortable for even us libertarians out there to acknowledge. Companies cannot be blamed for missing what the government also missed. And being prepared for a pandemic is one reason Americans pay the government so much of their hard-earned income. Well said. Yeah. If the government can't handle this, what's the purpose of the government? They didn't see this coming. The Chinese government screwed us over with this whole thing, putting out misinformation in the beginning. It's not the restaurant's fault. The journal doesn't like government intervention in the economy. I don't like it either. And I know most of my Republican, Libertarian, and conservative friends dread the idea. Having said that, this is a government command and control decision. It's not the fault of the businesses. Open up that lending window. They need the money. People have to stay employed right now, ladies and gentlemen. I got a video from Tucker Carlson I'll play later where he nails it about China. But one of the things Tucker's been talking about as well, and he is spot on. I don't agree with everything Tucker says. But I like him personally, and he's right about one thing. The health and wellness fallout. Joe, I'm talking to you here too because you know this. Yes, sir. From years of unemployment that could result from the economic calamity ahead if we don't do something will far surpass that of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Alcoholism, drug dependency, depression, 
traumatic psychological issues. Ladies and gentlemen, not working is a big deal. We are not a lazy country. People here want to work. A lot of them. Because, oh, you have lazy people in every country. But we have the most people who want to work here because we're America. We get our butts up and we go to work. Work is dignity. It is pride. It is power. We have to keep our people employed. This is not their fault. This is not the banks making stupid bets and then us stupidly bailing them out. These are your neighbors who had prospering businesses and helped their other neighbors prosper by employing them who are now being put out of work because of a command and control decision by the government. This is different. And I know sometimes people say this is different when it's not. Remember George Bush, we got a, you know, uh, what is, we got to dump capitalism to save capital. No, no, we don't. This is not capitalism now at all. This is command and control decisions based on a pandemic nobody saw coming. From the journal piece about this government back lending facility, which again, I think is a good idea. The facility lets companies decide if they need it rather than politicians picking winners and losers. Ladies and gentlemen, bailouts are a bad idea. I'm sorry. They are a really bad idea. It goes on. If you opened up this lending window, again, you could go to the Fed to borrow money through this fed back facility, government back facility. This would prevent an ugly bidding war on Capitol Hill over which industries get relief and which don't. And it's designed so the government will get its money back as opposed to cash grants or other subsidies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the way to rock and roll. The piece goes on about the payroll tax cut. I'll get to that in a minute, though, because there's some breaking news before we got on the air about uh, pro-stimulus plan. So I'll get to all this. Don't worry about it. I just want to go back and forth between some other stories, too. Bailouts are a bad idea, folks. Listen, I own a lot of airline stock. It would personally benefit me right now if the airlines were bailed out. It's a bad idea. It is a bad idea. We have to keep them in business, no question. We have to keep them employed. There are ways to do that that aren't bailouts. Because then what happens next, ladies and gentlemen? The restaurant business, what about them? What about the entertainment business? You say, oh, Hollywood. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood is an all Brad Pitt and dopey leftist actors. Hollywood's, you know, Foley artists and what are you, gaffers and Joe, you've been yeah, in business photographers hands. and yeah, builders. stage hands. What do you think? All these people in Hollywood are liberals. These people work for a living too. Why do they get a bailout? Bailouts are a bad idea. Let them borrow money, keep them liquid, keep them going, and we will get through this. There will be a burst in economic activity when this is over. I'm going to get to that later too. If you were going to buy a car, ladies and gentlemen, you put the decision off, you're going to still need a car in a few months. A lot of economic activity is going to go away. Don't get me wrong. If you skip the restaurant trip, you're not going to eat twice on the next trip. Hey, give me two meals instead. That's serious. I guess it's not a joke, but it's true. Some of it is gone. I'm not, I don't mean to minimize the impact, but a lot of it is not gone. You're moving because of your job. You're still going to have to buy a house. You're just going to move it into the next quarter. There will be a big burst in economic activity soon. We just have to get these companies through this. We have to keep America employed. You need to stay in your job right now, and we need to propose things to do it. This is not your fault, but bailouts are a really, really bad idea. They're not bailouts. They're just your money exchanged to other people, just like this stupid Mitt Romney idea. Let's give every American $1,000. Why are you giving me $1,000? I don't need your $1,000. Why? Yeah. What do you think? This is helicopter money? There's no money, fairy. Why are other people giving me the $1,000? I don't need it. Let's open a lending facility and let's keep America employed. 
It matters, ladies and gentlemen. All right, as I always appreciate your patience on Tuesday. I always just stack today. Uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the finest system out there for practicing with your firearm. There are two things that matter with a firearm, safety and proficiency. There's no better system out there to learn proficiency with your firearm in the safety of your own home or in your backyard than with iTarget. I-T-A-R-G-E-T, iTarget. I don't know about you, but I don't get out to the range anywhere as often as I'd like to these days. It's expensive. You got to get your firearm loaded up. I just don't have the time to drive there, clean up the firearm afterwards. I get there a lot. I don't get there often enough. I have a great solution that'll save you time, money, and help you be a better shot. It's called iTarget Pro. Using their proprietary app and laser round, which you drop into the firearm, you have now no manipulation necessary. iTarget Pro will allow you to safely practice dry fire training with your actual firearm, no manipulations necessary, in the convenience and privacy of your own home. Simply safely unload the weapon, check it twice, check it three times, check it four times. Drop in that laser round, it'll emit a laser onto the target they send you. They send you with the kit, you'll know exactly where the rounds would want. Develop your muscle memory, your sight alignment, your sight picture, your grip, your trigger control, target reaction speed, everything. iTarget comes at all major calibers, including 223 and 5.56. Let's drive into the range, save money, save time. Right now, get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code DAN. We still need to fight for our Second Amendment rights, so get iTarget Pro before they try to ban that too. Take your firearm skills to the next level safety, safely, and effectively. That's iTarget Pro, iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. Offer code DAN. Go check it out today. Okay, again, I always appreciate your patience. Let me move on to a different story. I'll get back to Corona and some of the other stuff, but there is other things going on. And conveniently, a lot of these things are going on in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, Joe, and they're hoping nobody noticed. Yeah, that happens that way, yeah. You know, that, that right? Yeah, yeah, it does. So hat tip to uh, one of the best accounts on Twitter, our buddy uh, Technofog, at Techno underscore Fog. If you're not following Technofog and at Undercover Huber, I think it's at John W. Huber's actually the handle. You're missing out on all the good stuff in a lot of these cases. So, folks, you remember that case, Bob Mueller and his dreadful team of horrible prosecutors, Jeannie Ree, Andrew Weissman and others. Remember that case they brought against the Russian troll farms? Uh, the Russian troll farm, they're screwing with the election. They were. They were sending mm-hmm. out propaganda on social media, like pretty much every U.S. adversary does to try and not screw up, not only screw up the country, but screw up our elections. But remember, Mueller was tasked with investigating Trump's collusion with Russia. Not a bunch of like Russians sitting in a factory, you know, with, with, a, with an outhouse in there and a, a cup of week old coffee sending out stupid memes on Facebook. <laughs> I thought we were investigating collusion, not like that the Russians don't like us. So, as I told you from the start, Mueller knew from at the latest, he's appointed in May of 2017 to investigate fake collusion with the Russians. He knows right away it's fake, but even giving Mueller the benefit of the doubt, at the absolute latest by July of 2017, you regular listeners know this, Bob Mueller knows the collusion thing is a total fantasy farce, debunked lying hoax. Why? Because he gets the texts in July of 17 from the FBI investigators. They're turned over to him by the inspector general's office. And he's reading the texts about this hoax. There's no there, there, all this other stuff. He knows it. Also in July of 2017, the FBI interviews the translator present at the Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Jr. and Manafort. And the translator there with the Russians tells him, no, Don Trump Jr. is telling the real story. We never mentioned Hillary or election interference. And the translator says, and by the way, I don't even like Don Jr. <laughs> Mueller knows. Yeah. So as I said to you, and we nailed, nailed it, nailed it. As I discuss in my book, Exonerated, at length, 
as I've told you, the only purpose of the Mueller probe was never to investigate collusion because they knew there was no collusion. It was to keep the heat on Donald Trump and make a bunch of arrests to make it seem like there was some there there, even though there was no there there. It's kind of like investigating a bank robbery that never happened. No bank was robbed. Accusing people of robbing a bank that was never robbed and no bank was robbed, but then arresting them for jaywalking and saying, hey, listen, he crossed the street when it was a green light, Joe, and the bank was close by. Uh, yeah. But there was no bank robbed. But the, the uh, he jaywalked near the bank. You, you, you get it? You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's Mueller's. That's all Mueller was doing. That's yeah. why they arrested Manafort. That's why they arrested Papadopoulos. They had nothing. Nothing. Arrested Flynn. They had nothing on any of these people. But one of the things Mueller could never do was to find an actual Russian that had colluded with Trump. So they just made one up. They were like, hey, let's go uh, prosecute this Russian troll farm. Were they colluding with Trump? No, no, no. No doubt they were trolls, ladies and gentlemen. No doubt they were up to no good. Some sense of they were trying to, they were posting weird stuff. Was yeah. it criminal? Uh, that's kind of a stretch. How do I know that? Because the hapless, pathetic Mueller team last night totally dropped the case without prejudice. Wow. That's crazy how they don't want to prosecute right during the corona outbreak that's just nuts how that happens hmm. again hat tip the great techno fog on twitter here are some screenshots from the judicial documents you can see them in full on his twitter account so this is how they originally prosecuted concord management this management consulting llc joe that allegedly was you know worried was engaged in information warfare against the united states here's the actual indictment the indictment, oh no, this is the motion to dismiss, I'm sorry. They say the indictment alleges that the defendants, Concord, engaged in what they dubbed, Joe, information warfare against the United States. Oh my gosh. <laughs> A systemic effort to sow political discord and influence and influence the outcome of the 2016 election. And it charged the defendants with conspiring to defraud the federal agencies responsible for preventing and counteracting improper foreign influence in the U.S. election. Oh, my gosh. That indictment sounds bad. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no doubt, again, Concord was up to something. Of course. But this seems like the most loosey-goosey. Let me just invent a bunch of circuitous language that goes nowhere to make it seem like they were colluding with the Trump team to impact the election. Folks, this case, forgive my language, sucked so bad that even the hapless Mueller probe that had all the assets they had, the FBI, millions of dollars to prosecute. Remember, I have no doubt they went after Concord to say, look, we got a Russian. Here's a Russian. There's a Russian. They needed a Russian. <laughs> and they got them their Russians. This case sucked so bad they had to drop it yesterday. Convenient timing without prejudice. Let's go to screenshot two from the legal documents. The government, quote, the government therefore has decided that the calculation of whether a substantial federal interest is served by this prosecution has changed since the indictment was returned. <laughs> oh, really? And the better course is to cease litigation as to the Concord defendants. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. What have I been uh, telling you? Uh, Joe, you know, me and dude. you don't do a lot of self-celebration yeah. because I know, I know, I know, I know it's bad. It looks bad and it serves no interest for me to do that. But if you've been listening to this show, I warned you probably over a year ago that the arrest, oh, excuse me, the attempted prosecution by the hapless, incompetent Mueller team of Concord was going to result in a big face plant and was only done because they needed a, a scalp that had something to do with Russia. Hmm. Elbow hit, bro. <laughs> oh, you think? Okay, yeah. it's better. I got one more All for right. you. Showing you again how incompetent Mueller's team was. And by the excuse the Mueller team's using, by the way, is, well, if we go forward, we'd have to release national security information. In other words, implying we got a lot of stuff on Concord. You didn't know that before? So just to be clear, you had national security information on Concord. You don't want out an open trial because Concord has the right to defend themselves. They'd have access to it. You just figured that out yesterday. Now you see why we run counterintelligence investigations in the United States different than criminal ones. Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, the United States has an intelligence interest in not taking a case to open court. Mueller, oh, well, golly, wow, I didn't realize it. There's some intelligence here. Ooh. <laughs> Joe, please do your party for calling. Calling. <laughs> yeah. I was just kidding. I didn't know you actually had, I was just messing with you. I didn't even know. You, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I didn't even know you had that. I was just messing with you. Okay. I, I, I really, I'm not messing with you. I, 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 I was not messing with you. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Mueller just figured out that this was a potential counterintelligence investigation. Here, one more court document. Again, proving to you how hapless and incompetent this team of just complete legal buffoons were. The lawyer for Concord is confronts Jeannie Ree, Clinton Easton, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who was a, a lawyer on the Mueller team searching for crimes they knew didn't exist with the Trump team. And Jeannie Ree says, hey, man, we got a terabyte of information from Concord, implying like, dude, we got a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I used to do this a lot in criminal case. I'd interview bad guys, and I'd put a videotape with their name on it in front of them, but I, I would never mention a videotape, ever. I would just leave it on the desk. Why? So, Joe, I'm interviewing mm -hmm. you for counterfeit, right? Passing counterfeit. Yep. I put a video, VHS tape at the time. I put Joe Armacost on it. I had a date. I leave it on the wow. desk. There's nothing on the tape. What the hell she got on me? What's on that? Yeah, exactly. I bet and then if you ask about info. an interview, I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And yeah. you move it aside. It worked every time. It was my favorite trick. This is what Jeannie Ray was trying to do. Yeah. We got a terabyte of information on you guys. Oh, my gosh. What do they got? Look at this. The lawyer for Concord go asks a simple question. You got that terabyte of information. He says, uh, what language is it in? <laughs> Jeannie Reese says, well, primarily Russian. <laughs> he says, I'm not, this is not funny, but have you translated it? She goes, oh, no. <laughs> the lawyer says, well, how do you know what's in it? And, and she didn't want to talk anymore. <laughs> That's, oh. oh, man. Gotta start wearing bigger shirts. <laughs> My sleeves, I need them to clear the tears from my... Folks, this is not even... It's not... It's just so pathetic 
this case was pathetic. It, if there's a CI investigation against Concord for malicious intrusions into our, in, in, you know, our electoral process, go for it. I am a patriot. The Russians are not our friends. Do your thing. But my gosh, the incompetence here was stunning. We got a terabyte of information on you. Uh, what language? Russian. Have you translated? Nah, nah. So how do you know what's in it? <gasps> Joe, can you cue up Barney again? Oh, yeah, man. We'll get him, right? We're coming. Holy! <laughs> again, folks, there are other things going on, too. I'm not letting any of this go. Nah, babe. Any <laughs> of this go. None of it. All right, I got another one later about the Flynn disgrace. I got more of this stuff because they're trying to make that go away through the judge in the Mike Flynn case. Just humiliated himself yesterday. Again, I always appreciate patience. Uh, try to front load these so we can get rock and roll. But good companies want to be here. And thanks for supporting our sponsors. Today's show also brought to you by Buddy's app. Um, ExpressVPN, ladies and gentlemen, ExpressVPN. You heard them in the beginning of the show. Protect your online data. Get with ExpressVPN. Hey, when you use a bathroom, you close the door behind you, right? You don't want passerbys checking you out. Well, why do you go on the internet without going through ExpressVPN? It's like not closing the door, going to the bathroom. It's true. Do you know your ISP, your internet service provider, knows every single website you visit? What's even worse, they can sell this stuff. That's why we use uh, ExpressVPN in this house. I don't want anybody checking out our web history. Nothing weird. I just don't want you knowing everything about me. I'm sorry. Privacy matters. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this right now. The selling of your data creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so you can't be seen by everyone. We use ExpressVPN on all our devices. It works on everything. Phones, laptops, routers. Everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is easy as closing a bathroom door. Just fire up the app, bang. Click one button, bang, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is one of our favorite companies here. We love it. It's the world's number one rated VPN by TechRadar, Wired, and The Verge, and countless others. Don't waste. Do stop letting others look at your stuff. So if you're like me and you believe your online activity is your business, then protect it and secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. Great company. Secure your data. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Okay. Uh, getting back to some other stuff, because we do have to debunk a lot of fake news. I want you prepared out there because the news has uh, been an absolute disgrace during the Chinese coronavirus outbreak, um, the horror show. I feel really sorry for you if you're getting your news from CNN, NBC, or these other fake news outlets. Um, but let's do some uh, myth busting here because there's a lot of it, and this will kind of go right into the fake news segment. I always have to have a fake news update every day. Sadly, we got to waste time on this stuff. Mm. But myth busting wise, um, listen, there's been some worry out there about ICU beds, and there should there should be a lot of folks out there doing the math and saying, "Gosh, if there's a big outbreak amongst elderly folks and they get develop a pneumonia, are there enough respirators and ICU beds to take care of everyone?" Great question. We should ask no matter what. Nobody gets a pass because you're a Republican or a Democrat. Having said that. The question isn't, are we going to have an ICU bed and a respirator for every single person all the time? The question is, how prepared are we relative to others right now? What are we doing to fix the problem? So the Wall Street Journal has a sober piece we should all look at. We need the data because the data matters. It's called America's Intensive Care Dividend. The U.S. has more ICU beds as it braces for coronavirus cases. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not giving you like the great news. I'm giving you the least bad news. And of all the countries preparedness for ICU beds, we're the least worst. There's no good situation for people winding up in ICU. From the Wall Street Journal piece, some critical information you need. 
You know, you have people out there pumping government-run health care. Well, that's nonsense. Quote, some who favor government-run health care are pointing out that the U.S. has fewer hospital beds per person than other countries. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen, myth-busting here. That's in part because more surgeries are performed at outpatient centers where patients are less likely to catch infections. Yes, have you been to Florida? There's an outpatient surgery center on every corner. It's like a 7-Eleven. It goes on. A more important metric is the number of intensive care units, ICU units. I just said units twice. Which have sophisticated equipment and a high staff to patient ratio. These are crucial for patients in respiratory distress. Now, having said that, an emailer who emailed my show, thank you for the great email, was a nurse, I believe, said, listen, you can have all the ICU beds you want. If you don't have the people to staff them, you're in trouble. That's an issue too. You may have to get some people out of retirement. No doubt. Again, I'm not telling you there are any good options here. I'm telling you what the least bad options are. But again, parroting myth, we have to bust these myths right away. Nonsense, liberal talking points. These socialist-run medicine countries, they're in far better condition than we are. Look at all these hospital beds. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's because of the outpatient surgery centers. We don't need all those hospital beds. Which, by the way, could probably be quickly converted into hospital beds if we were in a national emergency. I'm sorry I have to do this, but really, we need the facts. And if you're watching the news, you're missing all of this. We need to be more like the UK with their system. You sure about that? Peace goes on to prove my point about ICU beds. A 2012 review in this medical journal found that the U.S. has 20 to 31.7 ICU beds per 100,000 people. Compared to 13 in Canada, 7.9 in Japan, and between 3 and 7.4 in the U.K., Differences in how countries define ICU account for some of the disparity, the article notes. And the U.S. needs more ICU beds because it has a higher incidence of chronic conditions like heart disease. Fair enough. But importantly, the article finds that health spending is correlated with increasing delivery of critical care. Again, folks, the only point I'm trying to get through to you now is do we need the availability of ICU beds, respirators, and personnel to staff them? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Indisputable. That weakness has been exposed in this crisis. But again, suggesting that the solution is to go to socialized medicine where the situation, I just gave you the data, is dramatically worse, is pretty much tip of the spear of peak stupid. That's regressing, not progressing. One other thing, I got an email yesterday from someone who said to me, Dan, you're wrong. We don't need universal testing. Um, forgive me, I may have said, I didn't go back and listen to your show, but that's not what I was suggesting. The quote I read was about randomized testing, not universal testing. We don't have enough tests. He's right. He says, we don't have enough reagent. And forgive me, if I said it wrong, uh, I'll go back and listen later today, but I'm pretty sure I, the quote I read was not about universal testing. It was about widespread random testing in different areas. Yeah, in other words, you pick a random pocket of people showing symptoms or not to get an idea of how deadly the virus is. I wasn't yeah. suggesting universal tests. That's impossible. We have 330 million people. So forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm issuing a correction on something. I don't know if I have to correct or not, but if someone read it wrong, I have to correct it or heard it wrong. I may have said it wrong. I'll check it out today, but that's important. Okay, moving on to our fake news update for the day because you've probably heard some of these stories and even the best conservatives out there probably, uh, and my best, I mean, people who are loyal to the cause, you might have believed some of these stories. It's not your fault. You all are 
you know, employees, you work for a company, you own a company, your soccer moms and dads, your fathers, grandmothers, you don't have time to research this stuff. This is what we do for a living. So some of you may have gotten suckered by the litany of fake news that came out yesterday. The media has been an absolute disgrace in this crisis. Let's go to story number one. New York Post, the great Mark Hemingway, who I like a lot. I'll have his article up in the show notes today. There's a lot of good stuff in the show notes about fake news. Bongino.com. Or if you want me to email you these articles, Bongino.com slash newsletter, sign up. I'll send these articles right to you. New York Post, Mark Hemingway. Even during the coronavirus crisis, the liberal media cannot resist spreading lies. Of course not. They have, we're acting like they have any dignity. Like this is the least surprising headline of the day. Mark knows that. He's being, I mean, that's, he's being silly because he understands that that's what the media does. They spread disinformation because that's what they love to do. So from the New York Post piece, CNN's at it again. CNN, supposedly a legitimate news network to really dumb people. Uh, on the heels of the president's announcement of a sweeping travel ban from other countries and a declaration of emergency, a Sunday CNN Chiron, that's that lower third of the screen they run on news channels, read Trump on coronavirus from hoax to national emergency. Here we go, Joe. Yep. Here we go again. Trump supposedly called it a hoax, totally debunked, even by left-leaning outlets and Facebook. He never called the coronavirus a hoax. Hemingway goes on. The trouble is that Trump never called the coronavirus a hoax. This is an inaccurate and misleading distortion of what he has said, created and propagated by a major media outlet, CNN, and CNN won't stop repeating it. Why? I mean, why would that? I, I mean, no one takes them seriously. Why would they stop repeating it? Brian Stelter works there. How do you take them seriously? The dumbest guy in media. Always. Remember our chart? Yeah. Number one, number two, Chuck Todd. Always creeping on that number one position. Acosta, maybe number three. The bronze is always up for, it's always up for debate. They're like, there's that race. Once Stelter always finishes ahead. Chuck Todd right behind them. Third, you never know. It gets bunched up back there. Joy Reid, Jim Acosta, and others, it's tough. That's why I'm always hesitant to award the, three, the number three position. Stelter is always the dumbest guy in media. <laughs> CNN hires him. They're not a serious news outlet. Even Sunday, after this Trump-called coronavirus a hoax, has been thoroughly discredited six different ways from Sunday and debunked by every serious person. They still run it because it's not a serious news outlet. Doesn't end there. Washington Examiner by Beckett Adams. NBC News is actually printing op-eds based on full Chinese propaganda now. Again, up in the show notes today. NBC News spreads Chinese communist propaganda amid coronavirus outbreak. Not kidding, folks. Not a joke. From Beckett Adams' piece, NBC News published an op-ed, an opinion piece this weekend, titled, folks, please hold your laughter through this stupidity, titled, Coronavirus in China Kept Me Under Quarantine. I felt safer there than back in the United States. Oh, wow, man. is this person Jeez. a moron? Yeah, it gets better. The op-ed was written by a music professor, an American music professor, who was in China on a sabbatical. He's not a healthcare professional. He's not a crisis management expert. He's not even a government worker. He's just a guy who saw what the Chinese government allowed him to see as a Chinese, as a tourist in China. Right. I'm sure the Chinese were showing him the worst of the situation, Joe, right? Right, right. Hey, look what we got here. These people are all cured. They look dead. Are they dead? They're no, no, they're not dead. They're just a little white, but they're cured, yeah. I promise you. Put the mirror under there. No, not breathing. They're, they're A-OK, -okay, dude. And the guy writes an op-ed, yeah. and NBC News publishes the Chinese propaganda. Oh, dude. Uh, listen, I'm, again, 
My deep sympathies, we have to do this. But this show is committed to getting you the truth in a time of crisis. I'm sorry if you believe, you know, most of you didn't believe any of this. But some people don't have the time to debunk this. Trump called Corona hoax. Fake. I felt safer in China. Totally fake news. Here's a clip by Tucker Carlson last night, well mm. said, who is not falling prey to this Chinese propaganda at all. This is a virus that originated in China. It is the Chinese coronavirus. That is what it is. I'm not going to be subjected to any pressure by any foreign government to alter my show content. If it originated in somewhere in Florida, they can call it the South Florida virus. It didn't. It originated in China, like West Nile near West Nile, Ebola near the Ebola River, Ebola Zaire near the Zaire portion of the Ebola River. That's how we name a lot of these things. Here's Tucker Carlson saying, nah, not on my show. Check this out. The coronavirus is a Chinese virus, no matter what they're telling you. It originated in China and was able to spread to the rest of the world because the Chinese government hid the truth of what was happening early in the outbreak from the rest of the world. They lied about it, and that caused the terrible consequences we're watching now. If the coronavirus causes a global recession, you can blame China for that. Again, they'll tell you on CNN that's not true. You know perfectly well it is true, and so do they. Now, the government of China is promoting conspiracy theories spreading on social media the lie that the virus originated in here, in America. And state propaganda in China is musing about cutting off drug exports to this country and killing Americans. That's not the behavior of a friendly nation. It's the behavior of a dangerous adversary. So is Congress ready to treat China like what it is? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. You want to be a sucker, the liberals listen to the show, and you want to promote... Can't call it the Wuhan virus. That's racist. You go right ahead and be a sucker. I'm not. Moving on. More fake news. You may have heard the story this weekend. Folks, this is all in the past few days. Showing you again why the fake news is the fake news. You may have heard the story propagated by the leftist media that Trump, the dastardly President Trump, Joe, he found a vaccine and he wanted to buy it only for the United States and no one else in the world. He wanted them all to die. Just us. Headline, Breitbart. Hmm. Reuters stealth edits the debunked story claiming Trump sought a monopoly on COVID-19 vaccine. Did you see the story this weekend? Reuters said that Trump wants a monopoly. He told this company only sell it to us. Did you notice they stealth edited the story? Oh, let me show you what happened. First, some entrepreneurial news outlets that actually do news, unlike fake news Reuters, actually called up this company that put out this tweet, the company that allegedly was called about a monopoly, only sell it to us, at CureVac AG. To make it clear again on Corona, CureVac has not received from the U.S. government or related entities an offer before, during, and since the task force meeting in the White House on March 2nd. CureVac rejects all allegations from the press. Again, more obvious fake news. Yeah. Which, it, now, hold on, hold on. This mm -hmm. is, Joe, that's not the the we the worst part about this thing. We're used to the fake news. The yeah. bon, remember the Bongino rule. If there was ever a time for the Bongino rule, twenty four to seventy two hours. Let a story fester. Before you tweet it, because it will almost always be debunked if it reflects poorly on Trump. Almost always. Not all the time, but almost always. 
If you followed the Bongino rule, you didn't fall prey to this one. So Gerald Byer, I think he's from the Wall Street Journal, I'm not sure. But he put out a tweet pointing out that Reuters, stealth, you know what stealth edits are? When you edit an article, but you don't put an editor's note. Like, hey, we changed this. Hmm. You usually do it because you found egg on your face. Check out this tweet from Gerald Byer. Hey, that article was changed by Reuters, but without any kind of editor's note. Notice what they took out. Quote, contacted by Reuters, a spokeswoman for the German health ministry said, we confirm the report in Weltam Sontag. Wow, they deleted that? Why'd you delete it and not let anybody know? Did you just make that up, Reuters? That quote? Obviously, the story wasn't confirmed. Kind of weird. 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 It is, Dan. Mm. Fake news all over. Don't call us fake news. You are fake news. You not calling yourself fake news is fake news. Oh, it's worse. Again, Bongino.com, our resident fact checker and uh, debunker of liberal myths, Matt Palumbo. New York Times reporters just can't stop lying. <laughs> now, if that's not the most uh, semi-obvious headline of all time, I don't know what it is. But I guess Matt Jeez. ran out of things to write about the New York Times, so he just repeated the obvious. <laughs> what happened here? There was another story that came out that was retweeted by and tweeted by, I think, up to five to ten New York Times reporters saying, President Trump, Joe, this is bad. Not only try to get a monopoly on a vaccine fake news story, but this new fake news story is he told the states and the governors on a conference call, yeah. hey, those respirators we need, go out and get them yourself, chumps. We're not going to help you at all. Go and get them. So let's go to Matt's piece. Be up at the show notes. Worth your time. The New York Times repeated this. Here you go. Quote, New York Times reporter Julie Bozeman, fake news artist, tweeted out a quote from a new article of theirs claiming that President Trump told the governors during a conference call that, quote, respirators, ventilators, all of the equipment, try getting it yourselves. Attempting to portray Trump as saying that he told the governors that they'll be fighting the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic alone. Good job, Matt, calling it Wuhan coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I like that. There you go. Now, that quote is accurate. Whoa, really? Mm -hmm. uh, but what happened after that sentence kind of adds a little context, but they can't put that in there. Quote from Matt's piece. Of course, that's not the full quote because that's not what the media does, actual journalism. Only when the quote is cut the exact way Bozeman did to give you the impression Trump told the governors to go pound sand, what he actually said, which is quoted in the article, not in their tweets, because the tweets are where you're going to do the damage, right? Yeah, yeah. Was actually the opposite, Joe. Here's the rest of Trump's statement. Respirators, ventilators, all of that equipment. Try getting it yourselves. Here's the rest. We will be backing you, but try getting it yourselves. Point of sales are much better and much more direct if you could get it yourself. Wow. Sounds kind of different sure than your is. initial quote. Trump gave the double barrel middle finger to the nation's governors. We will be backing you. Isn't that common sense, Joe? Yeah, we'll yeah. back you if you can't get them, but it's probably quicker if you can get them yourselves. I'm, I'm left scratching my head with the gavel yeah. here going, what's the conspiracy here? I don't understand. You want big daddy federal government to do everything, even if the states are fully capable of speeding the process and doing it themselves? All hands on deck, dude. You know? 
Not, not according to Julie Bozeman yeah, in the New York yeah. Times. Also retweeted by Mara Gay. Remember Mara Gay, the lady last week who said that Mike Bloomberg spent enough money to give each American a million dollars because yeah, she yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. basic math on a piece of paper? Thank God for the news right now, Joe. All the news is fit to print. <laughs> what do you guys call us fake news? Because what? you are. Almost nothing you say is true. Listen, yeah, I, I, I'm a full, total, 100% advocate for the free press. I'm not suggesting any measures here at all. But you have the freedom to be stupid, and you take us up on the offer every single time. You're just liars, and we're going to expose you. Here's one more. This is the best one. Because this festered, even if you followed the Bongino rule, notice I didn't cover this story because I, I knew it was fake. But even outside of the Bongino rule window of 24 to 72 hours, this thing festered for a week. And I was waiting for someone to debunk it because I knew it was false, uh -huh. but I didn't have the deets. Do you hear this one that's been festering for a week now? Trump is so stupid. He disbanded the National Security Council's pandemic task force. Oh my gosh, he did this. This is an op-ed, and we don't give the Washington Post any credit, by the way. It's the Washington Post, an op-ed. It's not their news division. Right. Op-ed by a guy who was actually there, Joe, Tim Morrison, who says, no, the White House didn't dissolve its pandemic response office. I was there. <laughs> now, again, this if you repeated this, I don't blame you because it took a week to get rid of this one. The Bongino rules wait 24 to 72 hours, not seven days. Now we have the truth. What is Tim Morrison right? Well, they didn't disband anything. What they did at the NSC, was the National Security Council, was to create the Counterproliferation and Biodefense Directorate, which was the result of consolidating three different directorates into one, given the obvious overlap between arms control, proliferation, WMD terrorism, and global health and biodefense. It is this reorganization that critics have misconstrued or intentionally misrepresented. I think it's the latter. If anything, the combined directorate was stronger because related expertise could be commingled. Again, mm -hmm. another fake news story, story entirely discredited that is being propagated everywhere on cable news. Trump disbanded the pandemic task force. He didn't disband anything, you idiots. He consolidated it into a larger, more efficient unit. I'm going to take Brian Stelter's word for it or the guy who was actually there. Stelter with his Snuggie and his, and his hot cocoa right now, sending out his dopey newsletter every day. Trump disbanded the proliferation of pandemic. Shut up. Morons. These people are so stupid. And yeah, Joe, we're the conspiracy theorists. Yeah, right, yeah. Remember this article? But I said, don't watch Fox News. God forbid you listen to right-wing lunatics like Dan Bongino. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> You're right. God forbid you listen to us and get the actual truth. What did I tell you in any of this that's false? I just gave you quotes from the vaccine company saying, your story's false, media people. I just gave you actual fact checks and quotes from Trump. He did not call it a hoax. You made that up. What else? The tourist in China, you publish an op-ed? who has, is in no way a professional, has no idea what's going on in China at all. You publish that op-ed. The respirator's quote is fake. I gave you the real quote, or it's cut to make it look fake. Right. And I just told you a guy who was there 
for the consolidation of the pandemic team into a larger buyer defense group. And it doesn't matter. You'll still say, no, no, listen to us, not Dan Bongino. We're giving you the real news. Good luck with that. You're on your own. All right, last sponsor then. I got some other stuff. Please stay with me. I got an update on Flynn and other stuff too. Final sponsor. Again, always appreciate your patience. Another great company I use twice a day, Teeter. Why? Because I have really crappy arthritis and a bad back as well. And the jitsu, jujitsu doesn't do much good for me. I wish it did, but I'm getting old. I can't say enough about Teeter. It's, a, it's an inversion table. You lock your ankles in. It's super easy. Close them down. You invert. I get the teeter high after it. That's what I call it. I feel good. It loosens up my shoulders. My back gives you that long, supple spine I need. I love it. A teeter inversion table uses gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and those surrounding nerves. Decompressing on a teeter inversion table for just a few minutes a day is a great routine. It's a great addition to your routine. If you have back pain, even if you don't have back pain, avoid it now. Invert with teeter every day. I do it a couple times a day. Keep your back and joints. That's important. It makes my shoulder feel great too. I feel like a new man when I get off it. It decompresses my spine. It's good for all of your joints. I love it. I love it. It's great for my joints. Some products I use regularly, eh, some I don't because yeah, they're not meant for everything. I use this twice a day. Three million people put their trust in teeter. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, Get Teeter, T-E-E-T-E-R, their new upgraded model of the inversion table, the Teeter Fit Spine. Get the bonus accessories, the Stretch Max handles, and the Easy Reach Ankle System. It's super easy to lock yourself in. Don't worry, folks. It's not hard to use at all. Plus, a free inversion program mat for the ultimate inversion experience. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon. I'm going to use it after the show. And rated at 4.9 stars. With this deal, you'll get $150 off. That's a great deal when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. You'll also get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I get a lot of questions about this on my Facebook. Dan, what's that inversion table? Teeter.com slash Dan. Teeter.com slash Dan. There's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, get the new Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table plus free inversion program app by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's teeter.com slash Dan. Go today. Okay. All right. Our fake news segment is done. Uh... One quick, I've got a couple quick stories I want to motor through, but they're important before I get to uh, the Flynn, the Mike Flynn debacle. Folks, I- I'm just giving you the history here. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. If I if I did know what happened in the future, I'd be like, uh, uh, was it Biff from Back to the Future 3? Was it Biff? And he gets the sport guy and bets all the games right, and he's a multi-quadrillionaire. <laughs> I don't know that. Again, I'm not your financial advisor. I'm just telling you the stock market damage is a story, and this is a news show and a politics show. But the Wall Street Journal has an interesting op-ed up showing that if you're just basing the future and your probability of what's going to happen, that's all we know. No one can predict it, obviously, on what happened in the past, which is how we do things. It's how, you know, everything from Black Shoals, uh, when you're doing financial analysis and pricing options and things, that's how all of finance works. You can only base on what you know, and the only thing you know has already happened in the past. If we base that on the market, the markets will recover, or there's a high probability. Interesting article up. I'd like to just hit quickly. Investors, keep your eye on the long run. Markets always come back from major disruptions, so it may take a while. I'm not going to go to the, the screenshot on the piece. I know we put it, but the bottom line is this. After 9-11, after the financial crisis, after the October crisis back in, what, 1987, even after the Great Depression, after the Spanish flu, the markets always recovered in the long run. Some of us don't have the long run. I get it. I'm not suggesting what's happening now is not a crisis because it is especially just financially speaking. But I addressed this earlier in the show. I said I'd hit it later. Ladies and gentlemen, we frequently see 
in acute crises like this, V-shaped recoveries, which could happen here. V-shaped, meaning we hit a bottom, not U-shaped, where we go down and it lags for a while and it comes up. With acute crises like this, we frequently see V-shaped recoveries. Bam, we hit the bottom, boom, we go back up. Could happen, may, may not. But why is that? I want to readdress the point I brought up earlier in the show. Folks, not all economic activity stops and it's just delayed. A lot of it does. If you don't see a movie that's out now, you're probably not going to see it a month from now when all, when hopefully when all this, uh, we can get through this. You're not going to eat twice in a restaurant to make up for a lost visit. You're not. The paper towels you didn't use for your conservative, you're not going to use extra just to throw them out later on. But stuff does continue. You do have to eat. You do have to get around. A lot of people have to work. And you are going to, if you needed a new car because your car right now is failing and you're not buying it now, you're probably going to buy it in a month or so. What I'm suggesting to you is when this rebounds, the potential is it's going to rebound dramatically. Because that economic activity is being compressed into a thinner timeline. Economic activity that was spaced out over a month that's now been shut down is all going to be crunched into when that recovery starts. Again, not your financial advisor, not here to lecture anybody. Just telling you in the long run, we base all our decisions on the only thing we know, the past. And the past dictates that we will recover from this and there will be a rebound. Don't be caught on the other side of it. Um, just a quick note, uh, there's some whispers now coming out today about a relief package, $850 billion, supposedly Steve Mnuchin's idea. Uh, some good stuff. I think this payroll tax, although, listen, not a solution for long-term investment. They want to dump the payroll tax. It basically means you'd get a raise of between 6 and 10%. Businesses would also get, a, get some money in their pockets, too, because you wouldn't have to pay um, you know, Medicare, FICA, Social Security. You wouldn't have to pay that for a while. Listen, is it a solution for long-term economic growth? No, it's not. Is it a solution for immediate liquidity so people can see their jobs? Yes, and it's definitely worth entertaining. We're talking about $250 billion in small business loans. Again, might be a really good idea right now. We need to keep people employed, no question about it. What I don't like, again, is there's a proposal for $58 billion in bailouts. Not a good idea, folks. It's just not a good idea. It's not going to look fair to Americans if we bail out one industry and not the other. Bad idea. The other stuff, pretty good. Could work. Okay, uh, quick Never Trumper update. We forgot this guy yesterday. Uh, we should always include him, but David Frum, the guy I debated at that Politicon and humiliated on the stage when he was trying to debate me about Spygate, oh, yeah. didn't yeah, even know yeah. the attendees <laughs> to the Trump Tower meeting, uh, was embarrassed and horrified you know, paints himself as some intellectual superior to the rest of us uh, great unwashed out there. David from Never Trumper uh, tweeted this gem out today. He says, nobody calls the 1919, uh, 1920-1920 pandemic the Spanish flu anymore. And not because we are soft on the Inquisition. It's just not a useful way to name a disease. Uh, that was yesterday. Let's go back to the October 31st, 2016 David from account. Tweet, a great artist, war debilitated. He fell victim to the Spanish flu, not yet 30. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> Again, one of the dumbest guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I debated this guy at Politicon. He was clueless. He was so embarrassed that what he thought to be a grunt, blockheaded Secret Service agent like me just humiliated him on the stage. He was sweating and begging the moderator for help. He was talking about, 
that interview at Trump Tower. Gosh, Don Jr., that was so awful what he did. I said, who are the attendees? He had no idea. He didn't even know because he's a dope. But he forgot he tweeted about the Spanish flu as he's telling us all not to call it the Spanish flu. Everybody calls it the Spanish flu. You proud of me again? Look at this. Get to, amazing. He needs yeah. me to get, speed up the stories. Look at you. All right. All right. Last story <laughs> of the day. We got through it. Amazing, right? The Mike Flynn disgrace continues. And by I say Mike Flynn, I mean what's happening to Mike Flynn. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who is now uh, officially a political uh, prisoner of the judicial system. Listen, he deserves a pardon. Just do it now. Just do it now, Mr. President. If you watch my show or anybody close to you does, please, I'm begging you, please pardon this man. This is an embarrassment. It is a total disgrace. Let me hat tip Catherine Herridge, great reporter from CBS. This is a screenshot from her Twitter feed and her highlights to be uh, uh, given appropriate hat tip and credit here. So the judge, uh, I believe it's Judge Sullivan in Mike Flynn's case, his excellent lawyer, Mike Flynn, Sidney Powell's like, hey, listen, you know, you accuse Mike Flynn of lying to the FBI, but the interview, you accused him of lying to the FBI in, Joe. There's a 302. In other words, FBI notes from the interview. They call them 302s. Yeah. That's the numerical designation for the summary form. Where is that? Kind of an important point, no, Joe? If I accuse you of lying to me and I'm taking notes about your lies, and then all of a sudden my notes just... God, would be a good joke. Golly, yeah. I don't know what happened. Kind of weird. They just disappeared again. Oh, the judge holy. seems, <laughs> yeah. good. thank you, You're seems welcome. terribly unconcerned about the actual interview notes alleging Mike Flynn lied when the FBI told Jim Comey and Dickie lied. They seem to have just been lost. But don't worry, Joe. The judge said, don't worry at all. Joe, put your fears at ease. Okay. I want you to calm down. The judge said, Joe, don't worry. Things happen. Things happen. Don't worry. You don't believe me? What? Again, hat tip Catherine Herridge. Here's her uh, highlighted handwritten notes from the judicial proceeding. The judge. Ah, the government. He's talking about the FBI. The government, I'm sure they will address that. I don't want to focus on any other cases before the court, but you know, sometimes throughout the best efforts, notwithstanding the best efforts of everyone, things happen, Joe, and documents are lost. I mean, it just happens. And so, but we'll wait for the government submissions. Ah, judge, don't worry about it. Jeez. Don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about at all. Things happen, buddy. Things happen. So just to be clear, Mike Flynn is accused of lying to the FBI. Joe Pianca and Pete Stroke, who interview him, go back and tell Jim Comey, we don't think he was being deceptive. And the notes of that meeting disappear. And the judge's like, ah, <laughs> ah, what ends, bro? <laughs> Like Bill and Ted yeah. from excellent Bill and Ted's, or even better, Beavis and Butthead from the Beavis and Butthead shows. Remember the, yeah. what is that, Mr. Anderson, that guy who catches them in the trailer yeah. screwing around all the time? Oh, that wasn't us. That was other kids. Don't worry, FBI. It was other kids who lost it. Things happen. Mr. President, pardon this guy. This is a joke and a bad one. Please. I'm begging you. This will do zero. I, I, I Listen, un, unfortunately, politics is everything. I get that. I'm not naive to that. I assure you, this will do no damage whatsoever to you or your administration. The leftist lunatics and fake news specialists will lose their mind. Oh, my gosh, Mike Flynn. We should have been crucified. Because they don't know anything about the case and they're all morons. Police state tyrants anyway. The serious people who actually vote, will understand that this was justice, your pardon. 
This is a joke. This is a total disgrace at this point. Oh, we just lost it. You know, things happen. Here's another gem in the show notes by John Solomon about the Flynn case. Apparently, Sally Yates, another liar. Remember the justice official who was the one who was targeting Flynn? Well, let her surface, Joe. Mm. Oh, wow. Obama DOJ officials, Sally Yates, privately told Mueller they were alarmed by the FBI's treatment of Flynn. This letter surfaced with a few bullet points in there about the Flynn case that was written by the special counsel about their interview with the DOJ. You tracking me? Yeah. In a discovery, Mueller's special counsel wrote a letter about an interview they conducted with DOJ about what they were doing for Flynn. And look at these little gems that were uncovered. Mueller's team apparently accepted Flynn's guilty plea on lying, even though agents told the DOJ they thought the former general was not lying and simply had a faulty memory. Gee, that's kind of important, no? Uh, yeah. <laughs> DOJ <laughs> officials also believed that the, the threat the FBI was using to prosecute Flynn under an obscure law known as the Logan Act was, quote, a stretch. Seems like a pretty major detail there. You say that's it? No, that's not it. No, no, no. Flynn was lured by the FBI into a fateful interview with agents believing he was not in legal jeopardy, which caused him not to seek a lawyer. Sounds kind of bad, too. Well, let's go to the last little nugget. Some of the DOJ's official assessments to the Mueller team were backed up by former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. Oh, holy smokes. Meanwhile, Sally Yates went on CNN in May of 2017 and said, quote, this could be a compromised situation, meaning Flynn may be compromised by the Russians. Liars. Liars. Please, Mr. President, pardon this man. This is an embarrassment a national cosmic level embarrassment of the highest order. We will not stop covering these stories, folks. It's a serious situation going on. We're going to get you information so you can appropriately risk and, and cost, cost, cost and risk analysis for you. But we're going to cover what else is going on too because I'm not going to let these stories go away. Things happen. Yeah, things do happen. Crappy justice happens. That's what happened here. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're at 384,000. Trying to get to 400 by hopefully by the end of the month, 400,000 subscribers. YouTube's free. You can just subscribe and check out the video of the show. Uh, we really appreciate your support there. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.